for all NBA warriors. You are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up? It is Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast with Justin and Nat, but we have a third person with us today, and it is Mr. Kenny Carraway, um, our, our brother from J Street Vibes, another Odyssey podcast, but also, and you may probably know him from ESPN. 1320 right in um, Sacramento so we're so excited Kenny is on today because we got some things to get into we are gonna do a preview for y'all but the first thing I just have to know before we get into it Kenny I need you to tell me why Sacramento Kings fans believe that y'all offense this year (laughs) is better (laughs) is better then the Warriors offense when we had Kevin Durant on it. Please talk all to right, me. Right. All right, all right. And they're all not really this crazy. All right, so we potting right now, obviously. We potting. Let's just go on. So we potting right off the right off the rip. All right. All right. I'm with that. All right. So, so here's the thing. And and that, Justin, I I I I've checked out you guys where I got love for y'all. I got love for y'all, okay? I'm just, I'm gonna I'm let that be known off top, but I'm gonna be saying I, was, I went on a rant today on the show. Many Warriors fans be crying, boy. Y'all be whining, man. Oh my God, I ain't never seen winners whine so damn much. I'll be crying all the time. But look, here, let me let me explain what goes on. And, okay. and 957, those are my people over there at 957 the game. But they did my man James Ham a little dirty on that one. Because what James said was, well, the caption was different so on the tweet on the cut the mm-hmm. captain was like james ham i've been in the warriors locker room dot 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 there this king's offense is better than the warriors one ever did i was like damn james like why would you say that and yeah. then i listened to it <laughs> why <laughs> would listened, you say that <laughs> yeah I, I listened to it and he didn't he didn't exactly say that right like what what and if you're like um you know, if you're paying attention to what he's saying, like I, I, what he said, number one is right. And I get it. He's not saying the offense is better. Like it's better. They would cook the the championship where he's not saying that he's talking about statistically, they had the highest offensive rating of all time points per game. I think they finished at like 121, maybe 120. That's the highest points per game in the history, not in the history in the last 40 years of the NBA. I think the last team to have one higher was the 82, 83 nuggets. So, like, that's all he's talking about. I talked to that. Like, I, I know that's all he's talking about. He's not saying, like, this offense would, is way better than K. No, nobody's saying that. Nobody's, nobody's saying that at all. But statistically, they got the highest offensive rating in the history of the game, and they've averaged more points per game than any team in the last 40 years. And that's, that's all it is. But Warrior fans get a hold of it. Then NBA Central get a hand of hold of it. Then Kyle Kuzma get a hand of hold of it. And it, it went crazy. So that's that's all that was about. And you know what? I wasn't even gonna go in on your boy because it was some twit Twitter account, um, King's Muse, who I went in on. Because Hey, shout out King's Muse, man. Shout out King's Muse. Oh. King's Muse tried to troll <laughs> Warriors fans and was like oh, Warriors fans are just discovering they don't have the greatest offense of all time. I was like, wait a minute. 
So I when did, they go, I did go in on him a little bit, or yeah, her. Yeah, you, did really go, you, you did go in. I saw you. I saw you. Went oh, in. I saw okay. You went in. Uh, I, I was just perplexed. So that's why I said that. That's what I said. Like, wait, do they actually believe this in Sacramento? So yeah. I just I wanted to understand what's in the water there, or if that's there's something. What are we talking about? And, and and people put the caveats on there and all this. That's fine. But the the fact is, they got the highest offense rating in the history of the game. Thank now you, you can talk about you you could talk about um, the way the game's being played this year, scoring's high, all this other stuff. If if the Warriors with KD and if they would have like knew that was a thing, maybe they would have went for it and and blew it out the water. Hey, I don't know all that. All I'm saying is they have the highest offense rating in the history of the game. Okay, so what does that mean though in the grand scheme? Do y'all have that? What does, I'm saying like do 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 the does that mean like they have an edge over the Warriors because of that now? Like what what does that mean anyway? No, nah, what that means to me is this is a this is a potent offense. And I think Warriors fans are kind of sleeping on that. Warriors media kind of sleeping on that. This is a potent offense. Like they just they get buckets. They get buckets. Like mm-hmm. and nobody's been able to stop them all year long. And I think that's gonna continue in the playoffs. I mean, they scored 120 a night. I did a study a little while ago, you know, teams with the with the highest um, points per game in the regular season tends to go down like four to five points in the postseason. That's still, what, 117, 116? This year, when they scored 115 or more, they were like 35 and nine or something like that. Like, they, they scored. They scored 130, I think, 20 times. And I forgot. They were like... 16 and two. I wish I had all the numbers in front of me. I look at this stuff all day, but like when they, when they score, they win. That's usually what it is. And I don't, I think uh, a lot of people here in Sacramento feel they're going to score again against the Warriors. Uh, It's not the Warriors. It's not that the Warriors can't keep up, but what's been shown so far this year is when the Kings are able to score, they're going to win. This is what I've, this is what I've continued to say. I hope you guys follow me on this one. You can't beat the Kings by trying to outscore them, if that makes sense. Like, you're not – like, if you think you're going to get in the shootout and beat them 135, 134, they're going to win that game every time. They're going to win it every time. I think so. Absolutely. Over the Warriors, too? Absolutely. 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 Now, that doesn't mean – but, but, hear, but hear what I'm saying. Hear what I'm saying, though. Hear what I'm saying. See, Warrior fans getting all their I'm a Warrior fans. Hear what I'm saying. That's not the way to beat the Kings. Like, you, you can – We've seen the blueprint to beat the Kings a number of times because when you're playing 135, 134, you're playing their game, their best at their game. You may get them once, twice, whatever the case may be. I don't think you're going to get them in a series if both teams are averaging like 125. Like, that's Kings basketball. With the Warriors, if they're going to beat the Kings, they're going to have to do is they're going to have to shut off that water. Like, it's not going to be a shootout, and they're going to win. The Warriors are going to have to shut off that water. They're going to have to D, D up stop them in, in critical times and get the critical stops and make this game. If I had to say they, they need to make the, they need to get the Kings in like one thirteen or something like that. Like get them there. And then that's when that means the Kings probably aren't hitting the three ball. Uh, it means they're probably not getting to the line the way they are. And with the defense that is a little suspect in Sacramento, you're still going to score. Like if you're the opposing team, you're still going to score. You're still going to get your one twenty. But if you try and beat the Kings 125, 120, they're going to win every time. I'm telling you, they're going to win 120, 125. You beat them by beating them 120, 115. Okay. Well, I have thoughts, but I, I want Justin to, to go first. 
<laughs> no, I mean, I was just gonna say, I was just gonna say, I mean, the Warriors are right, are right up there as far as um, you know, offensive potency when you when you look at the team being all together. You know, I mean, obviously you got Stephen Clay who can outshoot anybody in mm-hmm. the history of the game. I'm feeling pretty confident about that. As a team, yeah, I do think, you know, from top to bottom, the Kings have a little bit more offense, right? Just individual players, right? You got guys like Sabonis, who's more of a scorer, a passer. He's just, Draymond can pass too, but he's more of a, you know, scorer than Draymond is and Looney is and stuff like that. They got shooting all up and down the roster, whereas with the Warriors, a lot of their scoring punches in the backcourt, in the perimeter specifically. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't know if I, if I can say, like, if you try to outscore the Kings, if they, I think the Warriors can beat them either way, to be honest. But yes. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree that the Warriors should focus more on trying to shut their water off because I think that's more of the Warriors, like, like um, makeup. Like, like, over the course of Dynasty, they're, they're, they're hard hat, like, they're hanging their hat on defense and being able to get stops when it matters and then letting mm-hmm. Steph and Clay carry the offense in those moments. Uh, but I don't know if I agree when you say like okay. if you try to outscore the Kings, they going. Uh, I'm I'm just know. telling you, I'm just telling you what it is all year long. Like I said, man, I wish I had these numbers. But we beat, but the Warriors beat the Kings three you know, times three this year, times. right? They only really played three times. Okay, yeah, you don't want to. Okay, but even if you say three times, they still won two to one, right? Three, so man, absolutely. They've that's already true. done that this year. Yeah, they've done that. They've done, and it took the second game. It took Steph going into God mode. I think Steph had 47. But he can do that. 25. He absolutely can do that. But if you, I'm going to tell you right now. When was that game played? uh, November. I want to say it was about the 13th game of the season. So when Clay hadn't yet rounded into form. So now you got Clay as Clay Mm -hmm. and Steph Mm -hmm. as Steph. Mm -hmm. And you feel confident that the guys on that team can raise their level to game six Clay and step in. Wardell Stephen Curry, the best I, shooter of all time. No, nah, I mean absolutely. I mean those two, those two are are former. The Splash Brothers are the greatest shooting backcourt of all time. Maybe the greatest backcourt of all time. Like they're, they, they, it's not a. Uh, see, this is what happens, okay, with Warrior <laughs> fans and Kings fans. Like I ain't sitting up here telling you there ain't no chance the Warriors are gonna do it. Absolutely, it's the Golden State Warriors. Absolutely, we've seen them win in every situation. They absolutely can get it done in a shootout. They absolutely can get it done with with Steph and Clay, and no doubt about it. They're, I'm not saying it's it's Jordan Poole. There's no doubt about it. All right, <laughs> I'm just telling you. I've seen it a number of different times this year. I think the Warriors might have got them in one of those games uh, where they scored more than uh, 115, but the first one, yeah, game one, 130 to 125. Yeah, that's not the formula to beat beat the Kings. I'm gonna tell you that right now. I'm giving you guys the blueprint. Like I'm giving you what it is. Like I, I'm not saying uh, I agree. I'm telling we you, agree. like if you want to beat them, it's it. You want to you want to defend. We've seen that a couple of different times. Start with Boston. We saw it with Toronto. That or two games that stuck out right there that gave the Kings fits because the defense and the length on the perimeter was a problem for Sabonis. It was a problem for Fox. Minnesota. Did the same thing uh, a couple of weeks before the end of the season. Like that's the blueprint. But if you try to score with them, mm, mm. I'm not worried about the Warriors right trying to score with anyone. I just don't think that's the blueprint ever. I think it should always be defense, like Justin said. But speaking of defense, 
can the Kings defend? Because they are one of the worst defenses in the league. So I'm not saying that the Warriors have been a great defense. Hold on, Mike. Give me, give me two seconds. Give me two seconds. Give me two. Let me go give the baby girl real quick. Okay, no problem. No problem. Oh. Justin, you know, because we know that the Warriors have the ability, right, to raise their defense to be like a top five defense. We know that. But I'm curious. I don't think that the Kings can. I don't either. Um, I think in particular, just based on roster construction, they don't have enough athletic enough athleticism in their front court. They got a lot of size, but Sabonis is not like a rim protector. He's not a guy that can switch. Um, Keegan Murray's a rookie, right? Like, um, so there's gonna be some things that he gets thrown into defensively, some situation that he gets thrown into defensively that I don't think he's equipped to to play in just yet in his career. Um, Harrison Barnes is a little is a step slow than where he was when he was, you know, in his prime. So, and then there are other guys like Trey Lyles and Alex Lynn and stuff like that. I don't know how much Alex Lynn's going to play, but Trey Lyles, um, I just don't trust those guys on the perimeter, switching on the staff, switching on the JP, stuff like that. Yeah, this crazy it's crazy All this blasphemy <laughs> about the Kings. She said, hold on, hold on, man. Let me, let me talk to him real quick. They ain't, they ain't trying to hear. They ain't trying to hear. Oh, Keep in the conversation. We're gonna yeah. turn you into a Warriors fan so you can root for the right. I, I already lost my son. My son is already a Warriors. Fan. <laughs> oh man, gonna be with me. boy. Yeah, she with me. She with me. But <laughs> but I appreciate you guys. You know the ladies yeah. love the Warriors players too. So I mean, I think that's who she should be with. <laughs> she running with the Kings, man. She liking the beam out here, man. That's what she doing, man. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I appreciate you guys being uh, flexible. But oh, um, of course, of but course. you're going to ask me about the defense. You're asking me about the well, Kings. Yeah, I mean, Justin and I were just saying that, you know, the Warriors, while we acknowledge they haven't had like a great defense all season, we've mm-hmm. seen them turn it on and become like that top five defense. We know they have the ability to do, yeah. but like the Kings, in my opinion, from what I've observed, and you know this team better than me, but it seems like their plan is always to out offense everybody. So what, like, what is going to be their game plan going in? Because I think, like, it's the playoffs. You got to play defense. You have yeah. to do it. So, so here's, so here's the thing with that. It's a couple of things. So number one, the Kings, they're not a good defensive team um, in its totality. They are an opportunistic team. They do play defense in spurts, and usually, and this is almost like a Warriors formula, at least from way back. And I think the Warriors still do it today. They don't really play defense, but they'll play defense for about five minutes, and you combine that with an offensive explosion, and all of a sudden the game's over. Like that's that's what happens a lot in Golden State. I think that's what happens a lot here uh, with the Kings. One weird dynamic with them is they're not very good defensively at home for whatever reason. I think they're in the mid twenties, mid to low twenties uh, with a defensive rating at home on the road. They're like ninth in the league in defense. And I don't know what that's all about. I I have no answer for it. I don't know why they're better defensively on the road than they are at home. Um, Isn't their record also better on the road than it is? They the best record in the Western Conference on the road. They got like 23. I think they're like 23 and yeah, what is that right about? like 23 and uh, 18 or excuse me, 25 and 16 um, on the road. So not really sure what that's all about, um, but they're an opportunistic defense. I'd never look at them or classify them as some type of defensive juggernaut, but they are capable 
of turning up on the defensive end. And when that when they're able to do that, a lot of times that coincides with a little bit of an offensive explosion. And that's where they gain their separation a lot in these games. So um, I'm interested to see what they do on the defensive end. Mike Brown's a defensive coach. Um, he's going to be locked in for a series now. It's a little different than the regular season. Regular season. So he can scheme a little bit different um, in these playoffs. But uh, yeah, I mean, they're not, they're not a good defensive team. They haven't shown themselves to be a good defensive team all year. So I wouldn't expect that to miraculously change in the postseason. Okay. Before we get into some of these individual matchups, because I'm curious to hear what you're going to say. Um, you mentioned Coach Brown. We love him. Miss him mm -hmm. over here. But um, is he your your pick for, for Coach of the Year? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's been a lot of people trying to, like, make different arguments for other uh, other coaches. And then Mark Dagnall and OKC has done a phenomenal job. You want to talk about Michael Malone? He's done a phon phenomenal job. Um, bigger staff in Cleveland done a phenomenal job. Tim Thibodeau, there's a lot of, you know, really good candidates, um, but it's got to be Mike Brown. I mean, what he's done with this Sacramento Kings team, getting them to the third spot, um, breaking that 16-year drought. I know it's a one-season uh, uh, award, but, I mean, you can't tell – you can't talk about the season without talking about the story. Like, that, that has a lot to do with it. And it's not even a situation where – um, he took over that team. They made some kind of trade or deal, and everybody was like, yo, this is a team. Watch out for them. They're going to come. I mean, people were still laughing at the Kings at the, in the preseason, um, saying a play-in team at best. And not only were they, you know, uh, more than a play-in team, I mean, he had them up at the, at the two seed at, at one point in March. So uh, Mike Brown, absolutely. We, we love him here as well. Yeah, that's our guy. Um, yeah, he's coach of the year. Yeah, for okay. Sure. And, and speaking of awards, um, everyone's saying that um, De'Aaron Fox is a shoo-in for Clutch Player of the Year, but... Put some respect on his name, Nat. Put some respect on his name. No, I love him. I'm a Fox <laughs> guy. But I'm just, like, saying, like, okay, that's cute and all, but what about, like, some of the more prestigious awards? Do you think he's going to make an all-NBA team this year? I think he should. Um, there's a couple... Uh, we broke this down. It all comes together just because we talk on the show all the time, but... Um, I think we talked about like all NBA and the guards. We talked about, um, uh, I think Steph, we said Steph should be on there, even with the missed games. Uh, I think we talked about Dame Lillard having to be on there. Shea, SGA should be on there. Uh, so that's three. They're probably going to put Luke on there. So that's four. And now you got the last two, two spots. Absolutely. All these guys who not even in the playoffs. I got to tell you, you know, I, right look, with me. Look, Luca don't need to be in there. Dame, Luca, and Dame don't need to be in there. I'd they put don't. Dame, I'd and put they're Dame higher than there. third team if you're gonna put them in there. No, no, no. I'd put Dame over there. I wouldn't put Luca in there, um, because, well, maybe because I like Dame a little better. But I, I'd, I'd put Dame in there. But um, yeah, De'Aaron Fox absolutely should be part of the top six when you talk about guards and make the All NBA team. Sabonis is an absolute shoe in. He's a, he's a lock to be on the All-NBA as a center. They do this weird thing where I think with the voting, they they say forward for Sabonis as well. So I think they're trying to open up the door for if they try to put Anthony Davis in there, that they'll, uh, you know, Anthony Davis can, can get on there. You ain't got to worry about it. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think they're trying to open up the door for that. But, I mean, yeah, the Kings should have two All-NBA players for sure. Justin, what are your thoughts on awards? We haven't talked about it at all this year. I mean, a little bit, just like saying like Steph should be on there. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that Lucas shouldn't, but 
uh, we haven't really dug into that. Do you have any thoughts on all NBA? Yeah, I definitely think you should kind of take some points off of guys who don't make the playoffs for sure. I mean, that's the whole point of playing the games is to to win and see, you know, where the real team ends up at the end. So, um, if not deducting points for guys who don't make it, you should give extra points to guys who do make it, and especially guys mm-hmm. who are top three seeds. You know what I mean? So I definitely think uh, Fox and Sabonis should be locks for all NBA teams. Now, where they end up, uh, I'm not really sure. I got to really look into, like, all the candidates and stuff like that. But, yeah, we know Steph should be there. If if not first team, definitely second team. I think he should be first team, though. Um, I saw a ballot from Shane Young today that had for his first team Donovan Mitchell oh, and, and Donovan definitely need to be on there and Shay um, for his first team for first. and then Steph's second team and I don't know that I'm comfortable giving Shay. I know that he's had a like a great season, but I'm not giving him first team either. Shay, the Shay, I, I think that. That's fair, man. Shay's been ridiculous. Shay has been ridiculous. Bro, they're like a tenth seed, man. Like, I'm sorry. Have he been there all year? I, I he's think he's, he's I think he's giving Shay the nod because of games played. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He played 68, Steph played 56, but it's like that's not big enough gap for me, in, <laughs> in my opinion. Like six seed versus tenth seed. Steph's obviously one of the better best players in the league, like top, you know, whatever. We think he's top one over here, but um Shay ain't Shay ain't at that level. Absolutely he is. But we're not having that conversation today. Um we're having that conversation today. I love Steph. 30 is 30 is probably the only person. Well, I like Jordan Poole too, because he went to Michigan. But 30 might be the only person I like on the Warriors. But what? hold on. You dislike yeah. Warriors players. That's crazy. I, 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 I mean, like well, I like Looney. Uh when the Kings so- wasn't doing nothing, you wasn't even giving them a little love. Hell no! <laughs> See, the East Coasters. That's not. That's not what. That's not what's going on out here. That's. That's why this is so crazy. Like it's. I, mean, it's I know North- there's NorCal, Southern California beef, but like between NorCal, y'all got beef too. We cool everywhere else, right? Like football, Niners. You know, Niners and Raiders on the yeah. radio. Here. Baseball, Giants, A's, but basketball, no. We love the Kings, and that's all we love out here. And then there's this whole other little dynamic of, you know, all these Bay Area people coming out here and, you know, and and, and, and trying to infiltrate Sacramento and moving out here because it's too expensive to live in the Bay Area. No, have your top ramen and stay living in the Bay Area, and we'll stay out here in our in our nicely priced home. Don't be trying to come out here because it's a little cheaper. So it's a whole, it's a whole little dynamic going on. And this series, this series – has opened it all up. <laughs> it's, well, it's look, let's talk about that because one of the things Justin and I keep saying is that this is going to be a quasi home series for the Warriors. Yeah. You know, um, how, what percentage of that arena do you think is going to be filled with Warriors fans? Ten max. Ten max. This it is, is pretty it, low so, to me. So, so, so this is what this is what I would say about that. Um, Cause they're all Warrior fans out here. There's there's people that like I just said moved from the Bay Area, coming into Sacramento, and the Kings haven't been good in 15, 16 years. So there's a whole generation that they've lost as far as like kids and people who were like 10 years old last time the Kings were good. Now they're 25 and they're grown. They might have went with the Warriors. So there's an element of that. I'm not. I don't dispute that at all. But this means too much 
to this city, this particular first two games coming up. And you see it in the ticket prices. Some of that is because it's the Warriors, but some of it is because it is the first playoff game in 16 years. And here's what I said, not that the Warrior fans don't travel or wouldn't travel, but when you talk about like, I was talking to my my, uh, boss today at the radio station and he's selling tickets and he's like lower level, halfway up through the lower level or whatever. He's talking about about be $2,800 for two tickets. So if you're a Warriors fan, like, yeah, you love the Warriors, but part of the reason why you would come to uh, Golden One Center a lot of the times is because it was generally cheaper to go to Golden One than it was to Chase. Well, for this series, it's double the prices that it is to go to a playoff game and Chase. So at this point, if you're trying to go to a playoff game, just go to Chase. Like, that's what's got, I'm the, like, there. I know the Bay Area got a ton of money. They got money, you know, more money than anybody that you could think of. But $2,800 for uh for one game for two seats come on man like when you can go when you can have the same um seats in chase center for half that just get the ones at chase center because it doesn't mean that much the warriors it's a first round series against a team that they think is sorry they think they're gonna handle easily they think they're gonna mop the floor i know nat thinks that it's easy work all right so so what i, I don't think that we're gonna call three racks for 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 a sorry first round series i ain't gonna do that um let's put a friendly well, how many <laughs> how many um gamble. how many warriors I'm fans high. i'm gonna say how many warriors fans do you think are just already there not traveling though yeah. No, they're 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 I think here. That's your ten percent. No, I they're here for sure. Way underestimating. They that might be the ten percent. Like that might be the ten percent, and then you'll have some that travel. But but the whole point is like, Kings fans for the for the most part, there are some that are like, look, this is a lick. Like I can get three racks off of these playoff tickets. I'll just go to game two, or I'll go to game, or I'll go to game one and sell my game two. Like that might happen, but. The whole basis of it is it means more to Kings fans than it does the Warrior fans, right? Like if all things considered, if you t- went to a Warriors fan and was like, even the ones that live in Sacramento, and you were like, hey, for $1,500, you can go to game three and four, three or four. Or for $3,000, you can go to game one or two. They're like, all right, it's not that big of a deal. I'll just go to Chase Center. And I think that's what's going to happen a lot in this series, particularly. You make valid points. I, tried. I definitely didn't consider, but I still want to put a wager on it. Like, I don't know, some gummy bears or something. I don't, I don't, I don't gamble for money. Justin knows this. He always gets on me, but I don't know. We have to figure out like some good, like something. Cause I think, I think it's at a minimum 30%. 30%? Yes. 30%. I said 40%, but nah. you have talked me into believing maybe it's going to be a little less, but I think 10% is nah. hell and it's not, it's not, um, once again, hella. It's not, you, did you peep that? Okay, I, see, I hear you saying hella. See, though, no, because see, I normally would say mad, and Marcus Thompson be getting on me, hating <laughs> on me. Like, if you go cover this team, you gotta say hella. So, yeah, you gotta get, you gotta get that hella in. I was, I, you know what, I got. I got love in the East Coast, man. So I probably would have said mad myself. I'm not your typical West Coast guy, okay. but I probably would have said mad myself. But yeah, 10 is about right. It just means more to the uh the Kings fans than it does the Warriors fans. That's 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 my argument for that. He sold you, Justin. This girl got me sweating like Patrick Ewing up in here, man. Goodness gracious. I mean a little, a little bit, a little bit. We just gotta see. 
because he did make a good point, but you just never know until you actually see it. So um they're gonna be in there. Yeah. They're gonna be in there, Justin. I, I'm not gonna act like either they're way. Not, they're gonna be in there. Yeah, I think either way, like I think from a travel standpoint for the players, that's what makes it more of like a quasi home thing because they don't gotta fly or they don't got you know what I mean. If the arena is packed with Kings fans, ninety percent, I, I think the Warriors would still be comfortable because they've been in a bunch of series where they have no fans in the, in the stands. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think they'll, they'll be they'll be fine. I'll say this to you guys, and this is see this. Well, I tell you, man, it's crazy, man. These warrior fans, these warrior fans, it's crazy. <laughs> I tell you, man, look, but they always talk about they talk about man travel for the warriors. It's gonna be great. They just gotta take the bus, you know, and they're gonna be good. They're just coming up the road. It's all good. They saying that like the kings are taking a flight from Sacramento to Egypt, and then they'll go to San Francisco. That, that somehow the Kings don't have the same travel schedule. Somehow they, it ain't good for the Kings. No, <laughs> I agree that it is. I've actually said that. I said, you know, we've been talking about, I tweeted something like this. I said, we've been talking about, like, that this was beneficial for the Warriors, but we didn't contemplate that, like, maybe also the Kings want that because a lot of people thought the Kings would just not want to see the Warriors. They thought the Clippers would be their preferred team. And so I was like, when they sat out their guys for that final game, I'm like, y'all, maybe the Clippers is like, yo, we don't want to travel either like that, you know, and maybe that's more beneficial for them. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not close enough to the team to know, but yeah. do you think that they had a preference on who they played? Um, I think anybody has a preference. Like if you ask them, like, all right, you've given me the choice. Like I'll tell you out of that group who I'd rather play. So I'm sure they had a preference, but I don't think they're really tripping off of it. I mean, th this team, um, they're pretty focused. They're pretty like uh, realistic with how the playoffs work. Well, you don't have to play good teams anyway. So it doesn't matter who you're playing in the first round, second round, like they're all good. It's the playoffs. So Every, and the other thing with the Kings is I think everybody that they went up against or potentially could have went up against, they all pose their own pros and cons, right? Like if you played, um, if you played the Clippers, you know, and I'm speaking more so with Paul George around or whatever, but if you played the Clippers, you know, you got to deal with those guys. You got to deal with Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. There's a deep roster or whatever the case may be. But at the same time, there's an advantage of, you know, you've played them. You've beat them three times already. You've taken their best punch. You know what they, you know, it, it, there's there's pros and cons everywhere. There's pros and cons with the Warriors. The Warriors, you got to deal with Steph Curry. You got to deal with Klay Thompson. You got to deal with Jordan Poole. But at the same time, one of the things that gives the Kings problems traditionally this year has been size and length. So going up against the Minnesota or the Lakers or the Pelicans, that's something that you might not have wanted to do. You go up against the Warriors, even though you have to go up against Steph and Clay. They're not really, you know, the biggest team inside. They don't have rim protection. And that plays a little bit more into the way the Kings like to do. They're not going to slow the ball down as much. They're going to get up and down and play your style of basketball. So that's the pro to it. So I, I think when you looked at the whole thing and you looked at everything that was going down, maybe you wanted to play the Clippers because Paul George is probably not going to come back this year. But other than that, everybody presented their own pros and cons. I don't, I don't think it was really true. Cool. Warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin.
Okay, so taking it taking it back to Twitter and some of the talking points and the takes that got Warriors Warriors Twitter don't miss anything at all, right? So there was somebody who pretty much put out there that like the Warriors don't have anything for Sabonis, right? Sabonis is going to kill. Oh yeah, that was the other big comment. You don't have nothing. He's going to kill Looney. All this type of stuff. So, I like Moon. I like Moon. But y'all ain't got nothing so, for Sabonis. Okay. 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 So traditionally, more like tall, like kind of, you know, bruiser bigs who are like more lumbering. You know, Sabonis is obviously super skilled offensively, but on a defensive end, you know, he's not known at least for having quick enough feet to stay, in, stay on the perimeter with guards and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the Warriors have typically played those type of centers off the court or tremendously reduce their value over the course of a series because of their defensive limitations. How, like, what do you think that of that, that dynamic with Sabonis and how he potentially might have to guard a lot of actions involving Steph Curry, Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson and stuff like that. I mean, you know, it's, it's not ideal, you know, he'll, he'll guard him the best he can. Um, but he's, I mean, he, he definitely ain't going to get Rudy Gobert or, or the plate off the court. Like he too, he, he's the one. He's he going to be out there. He's actually a little better guarding on ball um, than probably giving credit for. I don't, I don't think he's like some type of, uh, you know, unicorn or nothing like that. Like he struggles just like any other uh, big against Steph or Jordan Poole or whatever. But, you know, he, he holds his own a little bit. But what he does uh, on the boards and what he's able to do uh, offensively, what he means to them, I mean, they'll, they'll take that trade off. If you get Sabonis on the switch – uh, a couple of times and you got to deal with that. They'll take that trade off as opposed to, you know, what he's able to do on the offensive end and what he means on the offensive end. And I like, I look, I like Loon. I like Loon. I ain't got, I ain't got nothing bad to say about Loon. Nothing bad to say about him. He ain't DeMontis Sabonis. <laughs> and here, and, and, the, and, the, and the, the, the matchup problem for DeMontis Sabonis typically is like a Steven Adams, like a big bruising dude. And they, that's, the Warriors just don't have that. Like Second Anthony Davis, Second Anthony Davis, Gobert, like that may give them problems. Them dudes don't get them Second problems. Wager. Second wager. You're, You're turning me into a gambling we, addict we, and we I've never gambled in, before. We're turning into MGM Grand on here. I don't yes. know where we are. Second wager. Loon is going to out-rebound Sabonis during this um series. That's a tough one right there, man. I'm not going to I don't care. I don't care. Sabonis <laughs> So Sabonis so in three games this year, 17 rebounds. Okay. I don't mind if I lose, but that's it. That's what I'm yeah, like. No. He's going to out-rebound him. Okay. He's the league's leading rebounder. Sabonis. I, I don't care. Kevin Looney is going to be the, the leading rebounder for the series. Okay. That's okay. I'm not going to take that bet. I don't care I think Sabonis. I lose. This is what y'all got to understand. Yeah, I, 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 wild, I tell you that. I, I don't care. <laughs> Only but, because okay. I think Sabonis is going to play a lot more minutes than Loon is. Mm. So that's why I'm not going to take okay. that. Okay. Okay. Well, we take it. We got that lot. We can do it on a everything. per 30, right? Can we do it based off like the min, like. No, we do no damn per 30. Man, we doing the, the total, the <laughs> point. Saying, we don't like, game. If, one, if they have a substantial difference in minutes, then it, it can't work. That's because if, Sabonis would have played his ass off the court. That's why they'd have a okay. successful no, no, minute. Not playing nobody <laughs> but here's the thing. All jokes aside, like the whole Sabonis... We podding out here on Golden's faces. We podding. 
Yeah. The whole Corona <laughs> Bloom thing is like, I don't understand why everyone takes it to extremes. Like, I don't, I haven't seen any Warriors fan saying he's going to play Sabonis off the court. In general, I just don't like when people have like basketball discourse like that because you don't play very good to great players off the court. That doesn't happen for any player, right? It's just about making it tougher on them, harder, you know, things like that. And so, um, like, do we think that like Loon can hold his own against Sabonis? Yes. That doesn't mean he's locking him down. That doesn't mean Sabonis is not still going to score. Like, he's a very, very good player, right? So, I mean, some people had him, like, fifth in the MVP conversation, even if it wasn't real. Some people had him there. So, he mm-hmm. had an amazing season. He's an amazing player. So, no, we're not saying that's what Luna's going to do. But like many Warriors fans used to do, I think y'all are severely underrating um, the power of Loon God. That's all I'm going to say. Loon God. I, I do good. say he is, good. he is good. I will say majority of the series, I, I think Draymond will get that's a bonus assignment. Oh, yeah. Lord. I was going to say that too. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Barbecue. Get that boy in there. Get that little dude in there. Get your boy on the boat. Get your boy on the boat. Get him, the, hey, hey, I said, I said, Sabonis gonna average uh, 17 rebounds. He might average 17 offensive rebounds if Draymond the only one. No, 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 I think they got a they got they got a history of, you know, it's nothing they haven't seen. So that's you know, Sabonis isn't the type of player that they haven't seen before. So I don't know I don't know if it's gonna be barbecue chicken out there. He might have he might have a good series, but I don't know if it's barbecue chicken. The go the Draymond Green, really good defender. Um, really good. Yeah, I don't think he's what he used to be. I don't think he's what you guys make him out to be anymore. Draymond Draymond is like um, like I think you guys be getting fooled a lot because he's really loud. You know, never mistake activity for nah. so, so like, so like, I'll give you guys an example. I'll give you an example. The Pelicans game a couple of weeks ago. Everybody's like, Draymond, oh man, he he got everybody turned up, and you know he turned the game around when he he, he started barking. Yeah, well, after he got the technical, they went. Pelicans went on an eight zero run. Who got turned that game around was Kevon Looney and what he was able to do on the offensive boards and getting second-chance opportunities. Steph started cooking, and by the time that started happening, Draymond came in, and he got a, a, a bucket and started barking at the bench. And, and, and then Chris Haynes going to talk to him. Draymond didn't do nothing. That was Kevon Looney. That was Steph Curry. What are you talking about? And, and Jordan Poole. So you know this <laughs> because, about because Draymond is loud, we're like, oh, Draymond, look, look at the bark. No, look at the bark not, from Draymond. Not me. Justin won't say it like as out as me, but like, I, like, I, I, like a lot of the Draymond propaganda, I don't even fool with. I'm like, please, like all of this bullshit y'all say he does and is, he is not. Um, I'm just totally talking about his defense and what he actually does do on the court. Like all the extra shit that the media makes up and those narratives, like in that game too, when they kept attributing him to like the reason things changed, I just rolled my eyes. I'm like, oh, here we go again. In the finals? He's in the finals. No, what the game he's talking about with the Pelicans that was like oh, got that, oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that was the that was the media narrative and they love to to spin that oh you know when he did I just let people but I I didn't believe that either so you you that I'm with you on Dr- but, but look I didn't I didn't mean to say, defense, I didn't mean to say disparaging, in a disparaging way 
I think he's a, a really still a really good defender. I don't think he's a defender he used to be, but I still think he's a good defender. I, I don't mean that no, because people, if you've ever followed me on Twitter, like every spring I get into it with Warrior fans about Draymond, every single spring. So they think I'm a Draymond hater. I think he's a little overrated. Uh, so here's the deal. I think much like we just talked about, the perception of Draymond bothers me more than what he actually brings to the table. I think what he brings to the table is valuable. He's, you know, he's a valuable piece. He's a, he's a, he's a hell of a, a glue guy and he's, you know, part of that core. But I just think people be going over the top when they talk about how valuable, like, let me ask you guys a question. The Warriors, <laughs> do the Warriors win, how many championships they win without Draymond Green? Who's in his place? Let's just say Al Horford. Justin says zero. Uh, so you so you mean to tell me with zero? That's Justin said. So with, with Al Horford, Clay, KD, and Steph, they ain't winning no championship. But my thing, my the way I say zero is because they I don't think they win in 2015 without Draymond. Maybe um, if they if you if you put Al Horford in there instead of Draymond in 2015, I don't think they win. And I don't think they win 73 games the next season and go to the finals and lose. And I don't think they get KD without Draymond being there. Because Draymond well, I mean, that, won, that, that's contributed. The that's the minutia, Justin. I'm just saying KD. Well, was yeah, with KD, with KD, they could have yeah. won with me at power forward. Out there. There, like, there we go. So there's that. <laughs> and last year, he got his ass played off the court. They they start, once again, they took off in game four when they put Big Loon in there. Right, and, but that and was in the finals. And that was one game. Like, relax. Well, he wasn't doing nothing. They, they won game one in Memphis without Draymond. So, yeah, they did do uh, that. Memphis, that uh, Memphis series was not his best series at the playoffs for sure. So I'm, I will give you this, Kenny, that I do think it is, and I think it's I think it's agenda driven, to be honest. I think what Draymond does for the team is overstated at times. And Justin and I have talked about this on here. So, um, and we've gotten killed from Warrior fans like, oh, you hate on Draymond. So, like, I do think sometimes what he does for the team is overstated. Um, but do I think Steph? I think Steph could win without anybody who's on the team right now. Personally, to me, it's just a matter of who you're putting in place. So to me, it's like, it's not about Draymond or Clay as much as I love both of them. It's about Steph. Like to me, Steph is one of those guys. So you have a LeBron, you have a Steph, you have a Giannis, you have any of those guys, they can win. But then it all depends on what the rest of the makeup of the team is. So could they have won without Draymond? Yes, but it depends on who you put in there. Based on the Al Horford... I think they could have won a championship, but maybe they wouldn't be a dynasty, right? So mm -hmm. I think that's the difference. But it just depends on who you put in there in, in place of Dre. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I guess, you know, to, to respond to, like, Draymond not being as good defensively as he used to be, I think he's lost a step athletically, right? He's not – he can't make some of the plays he used to make athletically, like that one play he made against the Trailblazers in the playoffs where he – stopped the three and then blocked the dunk at the ramp. He's not doing that no more. Mm -hmm. But I do think the IQ, the strength level, he still has a lot. He still has really quick feet. He still has really quick hands. So I think the overall impact as far as lifting the entire team defense up with him, he still has that impact. Um, and it shows up It shows up in the numbers, I think. I mean, when him, with him on the court, they have one of the best defenses in the league. And he's been statistically one of the best rim protectors in the league all year. So, I mean, guys are shooting like, something crazy like 12, 13% worse at the rim than they usually shoot um, when he's defending them at the rim. So 
I don't know. Like I think at all. Sounds like statistically, the Kings are, you know, have the best offensive rating. Just want to make sure you know statistically hey. with Draymond. Look, 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 look. I, I, I'm, riving, I'm riving you guys a little bit when I say Draymond barbecue chicken. Like, Draymond, Draymond cool. He's cool. But I do think, I think Sabonis, I don't think Sabonis. Sabonis is a run. tough cover. Sabonis, Sabonis would be because because it's a, it's a bad matchup for Draymond. It's a favorable matchup for Sabonis. Like I said, the guys that Sabonis struggles with is size and length. And you just put Draymond on there. I know Draymond's tough and he's you know he's quick feet or whatever, but that's somebody that you know we call we call Sabonis the ox. He's a he's a ox. Like he's gonna get to his spot, and if he can go over the top, you know with a little jump hook, you know he, he's money with that. So it's a it's ask, I'll say even this. It's asking a lot of Draymond to be like, "Hey, guard Sabonis." Like, I don't, I don't know if that's the 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 fairest matchup for Draymond. That's that's asking a lot to to hold down Sabonis. That's why it's going to be critical for the Warriors to make sure Looney and and Draymond stay out of foul trouble and they can stay on the court. Um, so, and then they're going to alternate. I was definitely going to bring up the foul trouble thing because a guy like Sabonis is going to get a bunch of offensive rebounds, and that's when you can pick up a lot of those swipe fouls trying to smike the ball out of his hand on offensive rebound so i think that's a key thing to watch right like how how many fouls those two dudes try to don't be pick up trying to keep them off the glass um right. so that's because they don't have any they don't have any depth outside of them to, to guard the bonus belief in loon belief in loon look man i got i like loon man loon my loon might be in that torture chamber man messing with Sabonis, bonus man he might be in that torture <laughs> Listen, I want to really quickly just talk a few of these matchups, but before we go to that, just did you hear the comments Dre made that are circulating on Twitter about, you know, what they want to try to do versus, versus the Kings? Oh. Um, and I'm just curious about your thoughts on it, because, I mean, there are some Warriors fans that didn't even like it because they were like, oh, you're revealing stuff. I didn't necessarily think that because I felt like, you know, and I know a lot of Kings fans took it as like him not respecting them. Um, and there are times Dre talks too much for me, in my opinion, but like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hear it as like disrespect because he's like, look, it's going to be very hard. That's mm -hmm. a very good team. And like, just saying like the whole, the hope and goal is to essentially try to capitalize off their inexperience, you mm -hmm. know, and that they're so young. So that's what I heard. I didn't think it necessarily needs to be said, because I just feel like the way the national media as it is, is already going in on the Kings, the way everyone made it a point to say, oh, every team wants the Kings. Mm -hmm. You know, I just feel like everyone is giving them ammo. So I kind of wish everyone would shut the fuck up about it, to be honest. <laughs> That's how I feel. But I don't I don't think Dre was trying to disrespect them, you know? Um, so I'm curious your thoughts on what he said. Uh, I tweeted out earlier something to the effect of uh, already desperate for, you know, Desperate, trying to play the mind games, being desperate. I was just talking shit. Some people will call it trolling. I don't think I'm a troll. I just talk shit, right? So I was just talking shit. What he said is fine. It's no big deal. Um, it's it's common sense. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, what I felt. that's all it is. You know, he didn't say anything egregious. Um, yeah, it was fine. It was fine. Did it bother you when he said that, Justin? No. Like I said, it's it's common it's common sense. So, I mean, I don't know what people expect him to say. I mean, I guess he could have not said anything at all. But if he's going to say something, I think that's that's to be expected. 
Let me ask, let me ask both of you guys a question. Why do you think, why do you think the Kings are gonna lose? Now you go first. You wanna go? <laughs> I mean, I just think the Warriors <laughs> are a better team. Uh so the Warriors yeah. intact are a better team, right? Uh-huh. Um, I was on a podcast last night and we, we kind of went through the matchups and I was asked, do I think that there's any chance that the, the Kings like starting five could outplay our starting five? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, <laughs> I don't think there's a chance. Um, but it was interesting because when we started to break down those matchups and I was saying like who the best player in the series is. And then who the second best player in the series is and the third. I think there's some conversation around that to be had. I, I think no one would dispute that it's Stephen Curry's the best player in the series. Absolutely. But then the second best player is that Fox, is this a bonus? And like, do the Kings have the second and third best player in the series or do the Warriors? Um, you know, with 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 Clay and then maybe Dre. So I think that's an interesting conversation. But after you get out of those those five guys, right? Yeah. So the three on the Warriors and the two on the Kings, I think the Warriors talent after that is superior to the Kings talent. That in my opinion, okay, you're you know, and I so, think so the, too. Warriors, the Warriors, when they play together, uh-huh. right, intact, they still have the best starting five in the league, statistically. Okay. Um, they have the best starting five in the league. They just didn't play many games together. Now you do have to factor in that Andrew Wiggins um, is just coming back. So that could be an advantage where like, I would typically feel like I'd give the edge to Wiggins over Harrison Barnes in that matchup, but maybe with Wiggins kind of being back and not his normal conditioning and stuff, maybe that matchup looks a little bit more even. But outside of that, I think, you know, the Warriors still have a better starting five as a whole. And then I think our bench depth is is, is more talented. I think they are they're a more talented bench. So mm. that's why I think the Warriors will win. And I always, in general, in any series, always lean to the team that has the best player in the series. And it's not like Steph is the best player by, like, a little bit. Like, Steph's a tier one guy. And, like, if, if you guys had, like, a, a Kawhi or a Kevin Durant or a Jokic, just, like, another tier one type of player, then I would say, eh. But, like, I think when there's that substantial gap, I just always tend to lean to the team that has the best player in the series. So th- those are my reasonings. Justin, what you think, man? I'll I'll, I'll uh, <laughs> Yeah, I agree with everything Nat said. I do think the Warriors have more top-end talent. Like she said, after you like you can throw Steph as the guy, and you got Sabonis, Fox, Clay, and Dre. You can, you know, shuffle those however you may. I think Fox is probably the best out of those four players at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, like depending on how quick Andrew Wiggins can ramp up, he's an all-star caliber player, whether he's a low-end all-star or a legitimate one. Um, I think he's an all-star and I don't think the Kings have anybody else on even near an all-star level outside of their two all-star players. Um, and Dante is pretty good. You know, Jordan Poole is pretty good. And I mean, Keegan Murray, Harrison Barnes, all these guys are very talented players. Kevin Hurd are very talented players as well. But I think there's a swift drop-off after the top guys on the Kings. And then just from the tangible things, right, I think this the the makeup of both teams, the Warriors are more equipped to be a higher level defensive team. 
Um, they were statistically a better defensive team this year. So you look at both sides of the ball, two high power offenses. One team has a better chance of being a better defensive team in the series. And then you look at the, the intangible things like experience, um, poise, stuff like that. We don't know how the Kings are going to react. It's their first time there. We know the Warriors are going to not really make a ton of mistakes. They're not going to beat themselves. And when their backs against the wall, they usually come through, right? Steph, Clay, and Dre over the over years have, when it looks like they shouldn't win a series, they've won a series anyway. So I think when things get really tight late in those games and it's a swing game, that could be potentially a 1-1 game three or a 2-2 game four. I lean the Warriors because they've, they've come out on top in those situations more times like than anybody other than dynastic teams in, in NBA history. So that's why I would go with the Warriors. That's that's all fair. That's all fair. I mean, that's all Warriors are defending champions and one of the greatest dynasties we've ever seen. So I don't have necessarily anything to dispute that. I think Wiggins is a little bit, like, yeah, I'll put a little bit more on Wiggins. I think Wiggins and Harrison Barnes are a little closer than people uh, say. I think Wiggins is slightly better, but sometimes Warrior fans be talking like Wiggins is prime Scottie Pippen. He ain't that. He, 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 Wiggins he, is prime. My uh, guy. That's what you do. Just watch your language. No disrespect, Matt. No disrespect. Hold on my time, if you ever notice, everybody but Draymond is like, is Nat's guy. You can't say nothing about him. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can say nothing about Loom. I think I can say nothing about Loom. Um, and feel free to um, talk about Anthony Lamb in a negative way. And oh, no. I will always I'd rather, I'd rather not talk about Anthony Lamb at all. We don't even say his name on this podcast, yeah. but if you did, I would not be offended. Oh, boy, right there. All NBA Warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. Um, I want to run something by you guys real quick. I know we've been we've been rocking. I appreciate y'all having me on here. Um, I said something that you know sounds a little crazy, but I'm interested to see how it plays out. I said the Warriors in this whole run, they've never seen in offense like the Sacramento Kings, the 2022-2023 Sacramento. They've never seen it. The Warriors have seen it all. They've seen Hall of Fame. They've beaten them all, too. Hall of Famers, uh, great teams, many dynasties. Um, you know, you talk about Tier 1. They've taken down Tier 1 players. They've, they've won on the road. They've won uh, with little to no fans in the in the building. They've, they've won in Boston. They've won in all these hostile environments. So it's not... I'm not saying that the Kings are reinventing the wheel, but one of the things I looked at. And, <gasps> I'm uh, sorry, I'm just seeing the Hawks upset the yeah, Heat. They got them. They got them boys. Wow. Got them boys. They got them boys. <laughs> I'm going to get up out of here, man. Really be honest with you. I'm tired. We of- said there's always something that happens in the play-in that like people don't expect. So that's the first one. I need that Lakers loss tonight, though. I need that for sure. We but, all like um, that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Kenny. Go <laughs> no, ahead. <laughs> no, I, was, I was saying, throughout this whole this whole run, the Warriors have always faced a team that either Steph and or Draymond could hide on, could rest. So when you talk about OKC, you got Roberson. Talk about Memphis, you got Tony Allen. Houston, you talk about P.J. Tucker. 
uh, Boston, you're talking about Derek White and, and Rob Williams and so on and so on, right? Like there's always that one. The Kings don't have that. Mike, if you look at the at the at the matchups, you're like, oh well, yeah, we're just gonna put Stephon Herder. Man, Herder be moving. It's not that Herder's great. I'm not saying like he's the same level, but Herder moves. That dribble handoff with him and Sabonis is nonstop all game long. Move, move, move. We're gonna put him on Fox. All right, well, all right, well, Fox moves, Fox goes. All five guys are threats to score. Sabonis runs the offense. So I'm not saying they're incapable of handling that, but that is something that this this current Warriors run, they haven't experienced that. And we'll see how they adjust, not just in necessarily in winning game one, but how them legs hold up. Because the Kings run, and they make you run, and the Warriors have played a lot of basketball over the last 18 months. And they're not they're not spry chickens. So I, I, I'm, just, I'm just saying that's another element. I want to see how that happens. They haven't played an offense like this before. What about when they played the Rockets? They were a pretty potent offense. They were, but it was different. It was it was one-on-one ISO. So when it's one-on-one ISO, the other guys on the wing, they can just kind of chill or they can overhelp or they can they didn't they didn't have any responsibilities. PJ Tucker was sitting in that corner. Aaron Gore, Eric Gordon was sitting on that wing the whole time. There was no constant movement. And it was James Harden just going one-on-one. And you're not gonna beat Clay, KD, even Looney the way he played in that series going one-on-one I was they got they had offensive potency but it was a different type of offense there wasn't as much movement and and, and back cuts and, and off the ball movement as what they're going to see with Sacramento okay that's fair it's just going to be different that's Let's fair. See how I mean run. the thing is they I mean they haven't seen a team I don't think they've seen a team like this where like there's just so much offense throughout the roster but I definitely think they've been in situations where teams put their best offensive lineups on the court and there have been guys out there, like five guys that can hurt you out there. You know I, mean? I don't, I don't know. think who, who, Justin, what's what team? Cause okay. See, cause they always got to have somebody to guard Steph. And that's usually some random Anthony Roberson who can't score, but he's out there to guard Steph. So they, they never fully commit to offense. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we saw they played, the Mavericks last year and like the Mavericks spread you out pretty far and they got a bunch of guys who can hit threes and they got a high powered offense. And even last year, at some points in Boston, like you can, you can question like Derek White's ability to shoot threes, but they would put lineups out there where Al, for- Al Horford's at the five, Tatum's at the four, and they got three other, you know, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Derek White. So all of those dudes can hit threes. Granted, Keegan Murray, Harrison Barnes, and Kevin Herter are better shooters than those guys, but yeah, I don't think this would be the first time. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Out of those five, I think Harrison would be the guy where it's like, uh, we can kind of leave him. We, the Warriors yeah. definitely seen Harrison Barnes miss some threes before. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yes. Please. No, no nightmares from 2016. I mean, look, we acknowledge the Kings offense on here because like when we, the, throughout the season, when we were saying, would it be better to play the Kings first or the Grizzlies when like the standings were still sort of shuffling, Justin was more in favor of the Grizzlies. And I mean, part of it was like, especially with, if I'm remembering correctly, with Wiggs coming back and we didn't know what he'd be like. Like, did you want to have him having to deal with like all of that and guarding, you know, some of their guys like coming back? Is that something you're still concerned about? Or or no, because we do have GP2 now, which I think Me? when we had some of those discussions before he wasn't here um, and you have the GP2 Dante combo. You talking about me? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, with the Grizzlies, I thought, I mean, I, I still think they're just like a low IQ team. They got a lot mm-hmm. going on off the court. So I think that series, if they That's end it. up seeing the Grizzlies again at some point, they should they should be able to get them out of there. Um, and they got the motivation to get them out of there. Uh, as far as them versus the Kings, it's still the same issues because, you know, John Fox are both, you know, extremely quick guards. You know, they, they put a lot of pressure on you at the rim. Fox is definitely a better like shooter, pull up shooter, stuff like that. So it might be a GP2 series, right? I wouldn't be surprised if um, midway or towards the end of the series, they they drop Loon to the bench and start GP2 to guard Fox and just put Draymond straight on Sabonis from the jump and try to run and just try to, you know, try to run Sabonis in particular, like run him. So I don't know, but it's definitely. Bonus do the running. It's a bonus good to run go. He do the I running. I don't know if he can run with Draymond though. I don't know if he can run. No, with he do the running. Well, that was the question though about like matchups. Like, are there any? Obviously, we know from game to game, right? They they game plan, and and Mike Brown knows this team. He knows this mm-hmm. team. We we know that. But that was going to be my question. Like, what do you guys think are some of the maybe underrated matchups or matchups that might come up that we're not thinking of. And I also want to know too, mm-hmm. sorry, I know I'm not supposed to do two questions at once, but what, what, how are you guys going to handle when they, when they start to put the bonus and pick and roll? Like what, what are you guys going to do there with that? So those are my two questions. Um, I'll answer your second question first. I don't, I mean, I assume, you know, they put them in a the pick and roll. Um, you got him one-on-one against Steph. I mean, like everybody's done, for the past however many years. And Steph, Steph is Steph. Like that's that's one of the reasons, if not the reasons, why it's so hard to play the Warriors because they put you in those type of situations. So they're gonna be able to do that. Mike Brown, I'm, I'm interested to see exactly how he's gonna play that, whether that's a trap, um, whether that's a, a hedge and recover. Uh, that's that's why he's labeled a defensive guru. And you know, we'll, we'll see what he has cooked up for that. Um, but I mean, Sabonis, he'll be, He'll be fine. Like it's, I don't, I don't. That's something that that Steph is gonna get get some get some love off, and, and he's gonna be able to do his thing, everything. But I don't look at that as like, damn, I just don't know. Like we're 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 cooked because we can't handle that. Like not nah, they, it'll be whatever. We'll just hit the ball and do what we do on the offensive end. So there's that. And the first question was matchups like Justin brought up possibly GP two starting. So what are your thoughts on that? And then any other matchups we might not be thinking of? Well, if you you start GP two and you put Draymond on Sabonis, I mean, that's, that's advantage Kings. And that's, I don't even mean that as we talked about it. I don't mean that to disparage Draymond, but that's a, that's a tough matchup for Draymond. I'll take that matchup with Sabonis and doing what he does as far as being on the boards, um, the way he does with the the high pick and roll, the dribble handoff, he might also get Draymond in foul trouble. The other thing about this is when you talk about DiVincenzo and GP2 being out there, all right, well, somebody's going to be off the court. Like, what, Clay, Clay going to be off the court? Like, they can't all play. So who's who going to be up to GP, court? GP plays up a little bit. They play use him as a three and a four sometimes, depending on the other team's matchup, who's on the court, stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, well, if he's out, then Wiggins is out, right? Like Clay and Wiggins and GP two and uh, DiVincenzo ain't all gonna be out there. 
right. somebody gonna be off. If, and Jordan Poole, like somebody, if not two of them. Jordan Poole won't be out there, but um. See Jordan Poole, I think I think. But I think, but I think that's that's also that could be advantage Warriors. That could be advantage Warriors because I mean they got six legit perimeter players that are like really high level guys. So you know, GP, see, see this. Oh, here we go with the Warriors fans again. Well, man, they cool, man. Y'all be hyping them up a little too much. Okay. They cool. Like, they good ball Dante, There's not even a lot of magic on make... them because he just came back. So, I'm just saying, don't sleep on they, that. They're good ball players. Like, they, they're cool. They're cool. But y'all be making it like GP1 is coming out there. Like, no, it's GP2. It's GP2. He cool. I like, <laughs> I like I Look, I, I know Dante couldn't make no layups for y'all. He can't make layups for us either. But oh, <laughs> he do a lot of good things. I forgot there. Dante was a king. Dante, Dante was cool as a king. We we wanted him back. We wanted him okay. back before everything went down. Like we we like Dante. He, he a cool little ball player. But I mean, like we we Who got better, better. Dante or Terrence Davis. Who better, Dante or Terrence Davis? Terrence Davis. We got better. I mean, the, we're, we're, the Warriors are the best fit for Dante, of all the teams he's been on. He's the best fit on the Warriors, so he can do things on this team that he didn't do when he was with you guys or even the Bucks. I like Dante. I ain't got nothing bad to say about Dante. I like him. Okay, so it sounds like Sabonis, in your opinion, no matter what, is a matchup advantage to Sabonis. What What are the other matchups that you think are advantage Kings? Well, Fox is gonna eat. I don't. I don't care who's guarding him, especially when you get into that fourth quarter situation. Ain't nobody been able to stop him all year. He's been the he's been the focus of every team's perimeter defense at the end of games. Like, okay, let's put our best defender on Fox. He scored the most clutch points in the NBA. Like he's he's at that level now where he's going to get his. Um, I think Malik Monk off the bench can be a problem potentially. Malik Monk, I think people kind of sleeping on Malik, man. I I could see Malik going off. Going off and and like I said, Jordan Poole. I like Jordan Poole, but if it's like Jordan Poole versus Malik and Jordan got a guard, Malik, we'll barbecue chicken. I like I and I like Jordan. Yeah, he's not gonna be him. I don't think they would play Jordan. I don't think they would play Jordan, Jordan for, that, for that reason. For that reason, I don't think they would do that. They, okay. I would see them putting Gary on him. If Gary don't start, Gary. Then who gonna guard Fox? Wiggins. Like you okay. said, Fox is gonna eat. Fox is gonna eat. It's more so about like making sure he don't feast and get 35, 40. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think the Warriors would be okay because as long as he don't go go off, Steph should be able to either supersede that or cancel that out. Right. You know what I mean? And then it's more so like make sure to make sure Kevin Herter don't give you six, seven threes. Make sure Malik Monk don't give you five, six threes off the bench. So I think that's kind of the idea. I, I like we got different guys we can put on Fox. Like it's not going to be a one man job. You got, you got, you got Wiggins who look, thank God he's back or whatever. Wiggins ain't played in three months. You're going to throw him in. You're going to throw him in this. Like, all right. I think they already talking about minutes restriction for him. They actually haven't even said he's going to play game one. Like he's, that hasn't been said yet. So okay. but he's gonna play and um he, he gonna he can come out there and he ain't done nothing in three months and you go guard De'Aaron Fox. We get it, we get it. That's a legit <laughs> concern. But I mean, like I said, we have other guys that they can put on him too. Man. You can put GP2 on him. You absolutely can. And Fox will Fox will eat. But GP2 will make him work, right? That's all it ever is, right? Even with Curry, like there's guys that say, All right, Davion, 
will guard Curry. Is he going to stop Curry? Absolutely not. Right. But you want to make him work. You want to make him the shots difficult and, you know, tire out his legs or hopefully that shows up in the fourth quarter. Just make it difficult on him. So that's something GP2 can do. I think DiVincenzo can do that as well. Um, but at the end of the day, see, and that's where that's where I talk about the offensive pressure. There, there's no there's no hiding. There's no hiding. Ten, the 10 guys they play, you can't hide. Like er, everybody, sure. everybody you got to respect. You can't help off of. You got to, it's the, it's the offensive pressure that kind of reminds me of what the Warriors do and used to do, you know, back when, uh, you know, they were at Oracle. There was no, there was nobody you can hide off of. Like there, that, that mentally, that offensive pressure that they put on you kind of will wear teams down. Will the Kings be able to do that? I don't know, but that's, they got a little bit of that in them, possibly. I, and I think the key for the Warriors trying to stop that offense is to make sure that other guys don't don't eat, right? Like like you said, no hiding. So I think they're going to be, okay, we can't let Keegan Murray get his 15, 16 points a game. We can't let Harrison Barnes, Kevin Herter. Like, all right, Sabonis, if you're going to kill Draymond for – six, seven games straight and get your 25 to 30 and 20 rebounds and stuff like that. And Darren Fox, you're going to give us 40 every game and we lose that way. I think that's, they, they, they adjust based on that. But I, mm. I'm assuming going into the series, they're like, okay, we're going to put our best guys on Fox and Sabonis, Wiggins and Draymond, Gary Payton, Looney, take their turns on those two guys. And we can see if we can slow them down a little bit one-on-one or just slightly a little bit of help. But everybody else, we can't let y'all go off. I think that's kind of what their what their game plan would be, but I could be wrong. I think we got something for y'all, man. Nat, I think we got something for y'all, man. <laughs> okay, y'all, wow. y'all, 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 I ain't saying y'all sleeping, sleeping, but y'all low-key sleeping, man. I think we got a little bit more than y'all y'all realize. I think we got a little bit more than y'all realize. Okay. Well, I mean, okay. we're going to come up with the terms and let everybody know the next time we get together what our wagers um, terms are. But this this has been fun. Um, Kenny, really, really enjoyed talking to you. Um, I, I enjoyed it too, man. Nat, Nat be going in. I was like, damn, she going to go in on me. And then I'm going to have to go in. This crazy. Wait, I never went in on you, though. You've been looking at It's love. It's love. And Justin, I was like, man, I'm gonna have to be like Justin, y'all wants to get your girl, man. What's going on? But no, it's all good. It was all good, man. It was all love. Well, thank you for staying That's a little good. extra long with us and also having your little one with us. We appreciate her joining us. I'm gonna convert her. So. <laughs> no, that ain't happening. Like I said, you can have my son, man. He already he's already gone, man. I can't I can't do nothing about him. He got curry jerseys and all this other stuff. I'm like, yo, yes. you know, you right now. I got my little girl, she with me. She with me. <laughs> <laughs> all right kenny well for real thank you so much Absolutely. for joining us we appreciate it looking forward to this matchup sure. and talking to you more really yeah, enjoyed yeah, it y'all be good thank you for having me on man all right take care yes sir, yes, sir. Right. later <laughs> <laughs> shout out to kenny shout out to kenny man oh man that was, that was great fun. yeah that was fun right there <laughs> Well, Dub Nation, we hope that you appreciated that uh, playoff preview. I think it was pretty thorough detail. We talked about a lot. Yeah, for sure. My, yeah, hour, so, yeah, that was longer than we expected to go. So, but uh, as always, appreciate y'all tuning in. You know, you know the drill. Make sure you download, subscribe, 
Follow us on um, Twitter and Instagram at Golden Spaces Pod. Leave a review. Leave a five-star rating. Yeah, do all those things. And tell people, tell people, spread the word. We appreciate you. Um, So with that, I just want to say go Dubs. We're looking forward to this playoff run. And we're going to have a mailbag coming for you. Um, later this week, we're gonna, you're just gonna be hearing from us a lot more throughout the playoffs. So, but thank you for tuning into this episode. Appreciate y'all. And until next time, again, go Dubs.